Well, I'm so glad that you're with us again today. No matter where you are logging on from, thank you for being with us. As a matter of fact, it's kind of been a while. Why don't you let us know in the little chat window there, where are you watching this program from? The great state of Texas or other states is fine too. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Every state is great. Uh, but we would love to connect with you. So let us know where you're watching it from. We love hearing the stories about how the bridge is bringing a bridge to you, your family, your friends, and really encouraging you to fall more in love with Jesus because that's our mission. It's simple and yet highly relational and the relationship sets on and centers on Jesus Christ. And so we hope you are learning more about him and that you're learning about him from his word. And uh, today we're going to continue our One Another series. And if you're just jumping in with us, I encourage you to go back and watch the messages online. You can do that at your own convenience. But there are so many One Another's in the Bible. Pray for one another, serve one another, encourage one another, um, uh, uh, be with one another in groups, in different settings. And we're taking a few of the One Another's and talking about them. We've talked about love one another and the importance of loving one another. And what does that look like in our relationships? Uh, we've talked about bear with one another. How do you hang in there with something uh, that someone is going through that is a heavy, heavy weight? It's not your weight. It's not your weight to fix. It's not your weight to answer. Well, here's what you need to do. But it is our responsibility to get under the weight with them and just help them carry the load that they're experiencing in their life right now. And today, I want to talk about another one another, and this one another is peace with one another. Um, let me ask you something. Are there any relationships in your life right now that are difficult? You don't, you don't have to say amen. You don't have to call their name out in the, in the chat window. But relationships are hard. Can we just admit that? Relationships are difficult. Um, so let me just kind of ask you a different way. Would you say that the environment in your kitchen at your house with your family is like Martha Stewart? Peaceful, serene, calm. Or is it more like Hell's Kitchen? Like which one best describes your house environment right now? Uh, what, what about your friendships? Would you say that your friendships are like the ladies from Friends? You've got uh, Monica, you've got Rachel, you've got Phoebe, and oh, they, they might have some disagreements, but there's a lot of sister love going on with these girls. Or are your relationships more like, I don't know, the ladies on The Bachelor, right? I mean, it, it might look like they're for one another, but come on, come on, come on. You see quickly if you're in, if you're out, oh, it becomes a cat fight real fast. And so I mean, relationships are hard. They're difficult. And in the world that we're living in, here's the reality and here's the truth. If you want to be offended, you can easily find that. I mean, if you're looking for a way to be offended, you can easily find that. What we have experienced over the last year and even bleeding into 2021 is what I call the unholy trinity, right? We have lived in a world of politics, science, and religion. 
And it's like we've put all three of those in a bottle and we've just shaken it up. I mean, it has been a politically charged environment for a really long time. Uh, when it comes to science, I mean, come on. Everybody has watched a YouTube clip about COVID and now they're, now they're a professional. They know exactly how to handle COVID, how the, our friends and society should be handling COVID. And then you throw in religion that either is speaking to both of those or it's not speaking to both of those. I'm just telling you, you can be easily offended if that's what you want. In fact, here's how I wrote it down. Being offended is inevitable. Living offended is a choice. We're all going to be offended in the world we live in. But here's the question. Are you choosing to live offended? I think Jesus steps onto the scene of our life. And, and I love, I love that his words are more relevant today than it seems like they've ever been in history. And I love that when he speaks to us, it speaks directly to what we are going through. As a matter of fact, um, our staff, we love sharing stories. We love hearing stories. We love hearing how, again, God's word is impacting your life. And we hear the stories about what Jesus is speaking to you and your heart with what you're going through. And sometimes it's not even exactly what we were talking about. But the Holy Spirit knows how to translate his word into your heart, into your life. And this is what I love. It just simply means one thing. He is the master communicator. He always has been, and he always will be. And that's why we want to listen to what he has to say to us, especially on this topic of peace with one another. And I want to use a, a passage, one chapter in particular, and there's a few verses that I want to pick out. And then we're going to end with a, an illustration that I think would just tie it all together. So hang with us just for the next few minutes. And I hope that you have your Bible open and you're ready to follow along with us. Uh, we're going to be in the book of Romans chapter 12. Uh, the book of Romans was written by a guy by the name of Paul. And if you don't know, before his name was Paul, he was actually Saul. And he not only disagreed with Christians, he hated them. No peace whatsoever with these Jesus followers who he termed the way, like, like they're following in the Jesus way. And that's not the way to live. So he wanted to do his best to stamp out the Jesus way of life, and these people who called themselves little Christ or Christians, that's what it actually means, until he met Jesus. And when he met Jesus, he became one of them. He joined the Jesus team and the Jesus movement. And so now he's writing the book of Romans and has a lot to say about what do we do when there's conflict in a relationship? What does Jesus want us to do. So we're going to start in Romans chapter 12, verse 14. And here's how Paul starts this section of scripture. Bless those who persecute you. And we're like, I don't want to do that. Paul, what else do you have? Can we just rip that out? Is there any white out that we can just go? No, no, no. I don't want to bless those who persecute me. I've got some other ideas, but it's not blessing them. I promise you. It's interesting when you look at the word bless. Paul used a specific word. The word blessed is where we get our word eulogy. You can see the Greek right there, and it looks just like it. Why? Because that's where we get our word eulogy from. And you know what a eulogy is. Eulogy is when someone stands up, and the thing that they say over and over in different ways, they tell different stories, and they are essentially blessing the person that they're talking about. 
This word bless means to speak well of and to wish the best for. That's what the word means. So here's what Paul is saying. When you have an individual in your mind that's difficult to live with, that there's relational conflict, maybe they have offended you in a certain way. Here's how you handle that. You bless them. You speak well of them and you wish the best for them. So if we were rewriting this one particular verse in context, here's what Paul would be saying in our terminology. Here's what he would say. Be a continual blessing to anyone who is a continual problem. <laughs> be a continual blessing. You bless them over and over and over. You say, but they're not saying kind things about me. Okay, the question is, what kind things can you say about them? How can you bless them even though they are not speaking a blessing over you? Paul, the one who really understands conflict and the one who understands division, not just that he understands it, he created division. The opposite of peace is division. And he said, I've, I've been on that side of the fence. I have sought division so much, but I didn't know I was doing it with my words and my actions. I just knew they were my enemy. And then he realized, wait just a minute, I need to bless them. And so how am I going to do it? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to speak well of them and wish the best for them over and over and over. And then when you look at verse 16, here's what Paul actually says. So live in harmony with one another. There's the one another. Do not be proud but be willing to associate with people of low position. And then these four words, do not be conceited. I want us to say those four words together, just wherever you are. Would you say those with me? Do not be conceited. And you might think, well, how does that work in a relationship? Well, in a relationship, especially one that has experienced conflict or is experiencing conflict, here's how pride Here's what being conceited usually looks like. And we might not say it, but we sure do think it in our mind. If I've offended you, hey, let me just explain. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait, you're offended by what I said? Okay, let me give you some background. Let me give you some context then. Watch, but flip it over. If they offend us, oh, you deserve and fill in the blank. We don't want to hear their explanation. We don't want to hear the background. We don't want to hear the context. If I offend you, let me explain. If you offend me, let me hurt. <laughs> let me hurt you. Not explain. I don't, I don't need an explanation. This is what Paul is saying. With every conflict comes a little bit of pride. I'm watching out for me. I'm looking out for me. And I just have to believe you are wrong and I am right Here's a great reminder for us. Jesus never told us to be right. He told us to love. He never told us, I want you to be right in every conversation. I want you to show them that you're right. He always told us, I want you to love them. In my marriage, uh, we are about to celebrate our 25-year anniversary on March the 2nd. 25 years. I can't believe it. Um, in our marriage... We have never had a fight, ever. Now, we've had conversations that the neighbors could hear. Uh, we call it intense fellowship, but we've never had a fight. Okay, I'm lying. But 
Here's what I have discovered. Um, And I've discovered this because my wife has told me this. She said, Kenny, you can be right and still be wrong. You can be right, but you can still be wrong. It took me a long time to understand exactly what she was talking about. In other words, Kenny, you can win the argument, but you lose the relationship. You're right, but you're actually being wrong. And I think this is exactly what we learned from Jesus. You can be right and win the argument, but you're going to lose the relationship. So Jesus just replaces it saying, hey, listen, don't worry about being right. You just worry about being loving. And Paul just throws it in there. Go, yeah, live in harmony with one another. How do you do that? Just don't think you're better than them. Don't think your argument is the right one. And you got to hang on to it in the fact that you lose the relationship by choosing to be right. This is what Paul is saying. And then comes the key verse, I think, in the heart of this section of Romans chapter 12. Here's what Paul says. Verse 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Not just a few people. With everyone. Now, there are some There are some gold nuggets that he put in this one verse. I I want us to look at this real fast. Look at the very first part. If it is possible. If it is possible. The word if means a couple of different things. Number one, if there is a relationship that you are looking at going, we will never be reconciled. We will never sit down at Starbucks together. Trust me, I just know. The word if means that It is absolutely possible that day could come for you. We have to remember that when we're Jesus-focused, He's the one who does miracles. When you read Scripture, miracles would happen when everyone was thinking that's impossible. But this is what Jesus does. He does the impossible. So if there is a relationship that you are in or you had that you think we will never reconcile, I would encourage you to stop. And say, Jesus, anything and everything is possible with you. And I'm choosing to believe and I'm choosing to believe in you and you alone that it's possible. We could have peace with one another one day. So I'm going to be listening and I want to I want to act on that faith that you have given me in this relationship. So if it's possible, if it's possible as believers, here's our role. Seek the possible. Don't believe the impossible. Our role as Jesus followers, seek the possible. And so my question is, are you seeking the possible in a relationship that's not experiencing peace right now? By the way, the word peace that's used in scripture is the word shalom. It doesn't just mean peace on your life, peace on your relationship. The word actually means to rebuild and make whole. That's what the word means, to rebuild and to make whole. And so seek the possible, because what does Jesus do? You read it over and over. He would move into someone's life that was broken. He would move into a relationship that was fractured, and he alone could repair and make whole. So seek the possible. If it's possible, seek the possible. Now, what's interesting, when you keep reading, here's what it says. If it's possible, as far as 
It depends on you. As far as it depends on you. Here's what this also means. If it's possible, as far as you go, as far as you can go. Come on, let's be honest. Let's be honest. When we've been hurt by someone, we've been offended by someone, we want to do as little as possible. Okay, j just tell me the line, Kenny. Is it just a text? I can send a text. And I, as a matter of fact, can I just send an emoji? I've got some really good emojis I could send this person right now. And it's like, tell me, tell me the least I have to do where I'm okay. The words are as far as, not just a text, not just an email, a phone call, a conversation, a handwritten letter, as far as, not as little as. It's a different way of life. It's a different way to seek peace. As far as it depends on me. Interesting words. Not as it depends on the other person, as it depends on me. In other words, the ball is in my court. The responsibility is mine. Now, I want to put these two together because this is important. I want to put the first phrase together and this phrase. If it is possible, let's acknowledge it might not be possible. See, that's the other part of the if. We seek the possible. But the other part if is that it might not be possible. Um, let's, just, let's just also acknowledge that there are people who love conflict. That they're wired up, that there's something about their temperament, their personality, they rush to conflict. And for them, it's not about putting the fire out. For them, it's about dumping gasoline on the fire. There's something they love about it. It's not just a conversation with us. It's a conversation they take to Facebook and they just want the world to know. It's not as far as it depends with us, as far as the world can know what's going on in our life. And that's a shame. That's not what it's saying. Saying between you and that individual, as far as you can go with that person, and if they reject having peace with you, you have done all you can possibly do. You know, that this happens, if you don't mind, if I use it in the context of marriage. I remember having a, a conversation with a gentleman one time, and he was telling me about how bad the marriage was. There's no peace. There's no respect. We, we, we've lost our love for one another. We don't communicate anymore. And when we do, it is like a spark that sets off a huge flame in our house. So we don't really talk anymore. And essentially, here's what he was saying to me following that conversation, part of the conversation. And here's what I've done. I've done this and I've done this and I've done this and I've done this and I've done this. And then I asked him one question. I said, okay, have you, have you, have you tried this? Have you walked into your house, sat down with your wife and said, here's where I've been wrong. Here, 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 and here. And here's all I want to do. I want to love you the best way I can. What does that look like for you? The conversation got real short after that. Um, it, it, nobody wants to do that, right? That's as far as you can go. 
and he still had a little bit to go. Now, I do want to say we had another conversation later, and they are still married. They are doing awesome, and they go to the bridge. This story is replicated through so many marriages. This is what Paul is saying. As far as it depends on you, do everything you can. But just know, let's not fool ourselves. There are some individuals, there are some friends, there are some bosses, there are some employees. They don't want peace with you. That's on them. You pursuing the peace, seeking the peace is on you. The crazy train stops with you. Don't let the crazy train stop with them. Did you like my crazy train, by the way? Sorry, I don't know why I did that, but give me a high five in the, in the window if you don't mind. Let's move on before I make any other noises. Here's what the end of that verse says. Romans chapter 12, verse 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That phrase, live at peace, the word that is used for live is continual. It's a continual. It goes back to it's a continual blessing. It's a continual wishing the best for their life. He goes, live at peace. It's a nonstop. It's going and going and going. Okay, okay, okay. We're not right. Let's make things right again. And this is what he's saying. In a relationship, the way that I like to use it, and I learned it from a counselor a long time ago, it's called one up and one down. One up and one down. In a marriage, in a friendship, in a relationship, maybe with your kids, maybe with your parents, there is a tendency when a conflict arises that we want to win the conflict. When we win the conflict or the conversation or the topic at hand, it's a, I feel now I'm one up and you're one down. Okay, that's pride and conceit. And this is where Paul said, do not be conceited. So what do I do when maybe I feel like I'm one down and they're one up? Where I just checked out and went, okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm tapping out of this conflict. You're right. Now they're one up and one down. Here's, here's the advice. And I think this is exactly what it's saying. Continually live at peace. When we know we're one up, one down, and things have calmed down, <laughs> smoke has left the room, that we come back to that individual and said, you know what? I really just wanted to win the argument, and I lost the relationship. I don't want to be one up, one down with you anymore. I want peace with you. Maybe perhaps you feel one down and you come to that individual saying, you know what, here's where I was wrong and I just want you to know I'm sorry. Listen, it's never 100% on that individual. There is at least a 1% as far as it depends on me. I have some type of role to play. But the goal is live in harmony, continual peace with one another. Here's the danger. This is the danger. When I've experienced one up and one down with someone, if I don't come back to seek peace with that individual, to live in peace, a continual peace process, I go one up, one down. The danger is now they say something else or I just want to get back with them. Now we're two up and two down. And you know what? I cannot believe you said that. Well, here's what I'm going to do. Now we're three up and three down. And that gap can get so large that we never feel like we can come back together. So what do we do? We just leave that individual. Four up, four down. Five up, five down. And this is what Paul is saying. Don't let it get too far. Continual peace. Coming back to live in harmony with one another. You know, uh, um, when you continue reading, he plays it out again on some things that we may not really want to do. 
but we certainly need to hear. Here's what he says in verse 19. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, and I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, listen to this. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. I don't want to do that. God, what else you got? I don't want to feed him if he's hungry. I want him to starve. That's what I want. He goes, okay, well, how about this option? If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. I don't want to do that either unless it's vinegar. That's what I want to give him to drink. <laughs> okay, well, how about this? In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. That's what I want to do. That's what, that, yes, keep playing that one out. <laughs> but here's what he says. Do not overcome evil by evil, but overcome evil with good. In other words, the Jesus way of life is different. Now, we need to acknowledge God says, I will repay everyone. I will. Leave that in my hands. Plus, I will do a much better job than you ever will on that regard. And I just want you to know I really do love that person. So scripture says that God is very, very patient with them. He wants them to come to a point of repentance in their life. Very patient. Um, as I was reading this text late last night, I thought, God, how do we do this? Like, what is the real secret? Because there aren't any really hard lines of this is exactly what you need. Send the email. That's exactly what you need to do. Invite them to lunch. That's the answer. I think it's different for all of us because our relationships are different. But I do think there is a common denominator found for all of us in verse 1. Now, I, I've been sitting here looking at something absolutely amazing, by the way. Uh, you can't see it, but you know exactly what this is, right? I mean, this is a rearview mirror that goes in your car, your truck, or your vehicle, and it hangs on the window, and you're living your life, and you're driving forward in your life, but at any moment, you could look to see what's behind you. Something has happened, and you're like, what, what just happened there? Now, now, what's interesting is this mirror is very different, though. Uh, this mirror has something on it that I think is the key for all of us to live this passage out however God would lead us to do so. But if you miss this, it's going to be real hard to move down the road in your relationship with your spouse, your friend, your neighbor, your coworker that you're having problems with. Um, you should probably see what's on the mirror. Do you want to see what's on the mirror? Can, can you just type it out in the chat? Go, yes, we want to see what's on the mirror. You want to see what's on this mirror, by the way, because this is a secret for all of us. And this is what's been staring at me the whole time. That's the key to having peace in your relationship. When you have peace with him, you can have peace with them. And here's what it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says this, Therefore, I urge you. And in other words, this is important. Don't, ju don't just skip by this. I urge you, before we get to the peace with other people and how to live in harmony and how to bless other people and that you should bless those who persecute you, let me just start with something, and it's urgent matter that you understand this. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, there it is, 
in view of God's mercy. At any moment, you look in the rear view of the mercy God had on your life. In view of that mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. See, Paul starts out, we all want peace in our marriage. We all want peace with our kids. We all want peace with our friendships. But he doesn't start there. He starts with us understanding God's mercy brought peace on our life. And how far did he go? He went really, really far for you to have peace with him. And it's all wrapped in mercy. And he never played the God card of, you have offended me. You have crossed my lines. He never played that card. So I will hold you with, with, with anything but shalom and blessing and peace on your life. So as we drive through this thing called life that is so difficult, that relationships are so hard, we can always, in view of the mercy God had on my life, I'll move forward with this individual with this view of mercy in front of me going, God, you had so much mercy on my life. I offended you in so many ways. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in Romans that I was actually his enemy. There were so much, so many offenses that I had in our relationship. But as far as it depended on him, he did all he could to live at peace with me. How far do we go? Man, as far as we can, as it depends on us. Let me ask you something. Do you have peace with him? If not, he reaches his hand out to you saying, I paid a high price for you and I to be okay. And I'm inviting you into a relationship with me. And the only thing I speak over your life is a blessing. You are special to me. I want to bring you peace to your heart. I have a purpose that I want you to live with in your life. And it's all wrapped up in me. You see, peace isn't the absence of something. It is the presence of someone. That's where peace is found. So if you don't have peace with him, I want to invite you to pray with me. Wherever you are, would you bow your heads and just say, God, I want peace with you. I need peace with someone, and it starts with you. So I'm asking you to forgive me for all of my offenses against you. I'm so sorry. You know every word I've spoken that was wrong. You know every thought I had that was impure. You know every action I've done that was sinful. And I'm acknowledging all of that. And I'm thanking you for the cross of Jesus Christ who paid the price, who went so far for me. And I am receiving your gift of salvation and peace, wholeness of my life today. Thank you for rescuing me. Thank you for being a peace bringer in my life today. Let me extend that to other people in my life. Give me wisdom on how to do so. In your name I pray. Amen.